podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Welcome to another episode of Two Slips in the Gully. I'm joined by Glenn this week. How are you, Glenn? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? As I am excellent. Excellent. Because you know why? We've sent the Poms home without a single win in anything. Right. cricket. Brilliant. Both both Ashes series are wrapped up, and the best they could do was some rain-affected draws. So, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Very happy, very impressed. Oh, I should have been on the ball there. I should have done the oil. <laughs> it's a uh, call and response thing, man. Sheffield Shield has started. That's uh, was spent the day watching that today, so that was good. Yeah. Um, the squads have been named for the Pakistan tour. Squads have been named for the uh, the T Twenty starting next week against Sri Lanka. There's so much cricket to talk about. It's not just mm. you know the Christmas period because cricket is a year-round sport, and that's why I love talking about it. So, yeah, there's lots to talk about. We'll cover off the remainder of the women's ashes. Uh, we will discuss the um, the touring squads to Pakistan for Australia, the touring or the, the 2020 squad for Australia versus Sri Lanka, and um, England. We've always been uh, curious where England go, and so we'll have a bit of a chat about how England's latest, uh, you mm. know, yeah, it's an interesting how, how yeah. shaping up and their squad for the West Indies. A couple of new faces there. And uh, then we will, uh, I think we'll have to have a chat about the elephant in the room, which is, of course, um, the, Alfie. The, the the Justin Langer saga. Some yeah. of them are calling it um, one of the worst days in Australian cricket, the way that the, uh, oh, the, board, the board has handled... Yeah, yeah. This particular well, and it's a, a it, bit of hyperbole there, uh, but um, yeah. I don't think it's quite as much as like when you compare it to a scandal such as you know the Sandpaper Gate. It pales yeah. in comparison, but uh, just how long this has been drawn out in the media mm-hmm. and all the speculation yeah. and just a bit of taste that's left, considering the the good work that Langer has done recently. It's uh, certainly up there. It's just a really Embarrassing. Yeah, it's, it's even cut through on the mainstream media in these tumultuous times that we have. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, lots to talk about. So, let's get into it straight after this. It's got him! Knocked him over! The pressure was too much! Starting off things with the women's ashes. So, that was wrapped up comfortably by our, the Aussie girls with the three uh, one day international games. Things looked a little dicey to start off with. England started off well, had Australia 9 for 205, and it was a bit of a rescue effort to get to that sort of score, and it looked like that uh, England will win the hunt, and they were eventually dismissed for 178 in the first game. Um, some standouts there. Beth Mooney, again, with her busted face, got a, uh, a pivotal 93. And then uh, with the ball, Darcy Brown was the chief destroyer. Um, mm. Teenage wonder kid got four wickets, um, really blew the game open. Um, Tali McGrath got another two wickets. So, um, again, just having a, a fantastic, fantastic we're just, summer. We're coming to expect that quality from Tali McGrath. Uh, the second game was... Uh, 
the I think England got uh, 129 all out in 45 overs, and Australia chased it down five wickets down. Um, wow, bit of a that's slow going. <laughs> 45 overs for 120. Bit of a group, uh, McGrath, three overs, um, three for four. Just, again, just punching on. Yep. Elise Perry, three wickets. Uh, and then with the bat, everyone, no one really got any big scores. Perry got ran out for 40. Ashley Gardner got a runnable 30, so sort of chipped it in. And then the final game, um, bowled England out for 163. Um, Annabelle Sutherland was called in the side. She took four. Uh, McGrath got another wicket. Uh, Perry got another one for not much. And um, we could chase it down two wickets down. Uh, Lisa Healy got oh, – everyone got starts. Healy, Haynes, uh, Lanning not out, 57. Elise Perry, 31, not out. Finish off the series. All England got was uh, two washouts well, and a rain-affected draw. Mm, well, they weren't really able to, to get a winning score at all. Yeah, like you just got I mean, no momentum going. I mean, if you at all. If, you, if you're not going to score over 200 in, in 50 overs, it doesn't really matter what. And they batted a long time, so all out in the 49, or all out in the 50th over, all out in the 46th over, and then all out in the 45th over. So they they played a long time, and they didn't crack. Their highest score was 180 or 178. Mm. So yeah, maybe a um, bit more positivity needed. Aussie bowlers did a fantastic job, but uh, I was um, really surprised. I, I, to be honest, we we predicted the men's score. We were really talking down England's chances for most of the lead up to it. There was a, a bit of a wobble in the Aussies, but really the Aussies had to play bad for the English men to be in with a hunt. Yeah, uh, and and that just didn't happen. Whereas the the women's game was really shaping up to be quite a good contest. Both these sides historically played good cricket against each other, um, good rivals. But uh, I think the Aussies really outplayed them from from go to woe. And it was only a, a sporting declaration from Meg Lanning in the Test that made that Test have any life to it at all. Mm. Otherwise, it was just going to be a boring rain affected affair and peter out to nothing. So it was surprising how. Um, how much the Aussies outplayed the English here? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, they're, they're the two standouts in the in the world, and you wouldn't think there'd be that much between them. Um, is there a, a big difference in English conditions? I, I dare say there would be. Um, I don't necessarily know if the Australian bowlers really have the physical, or any of the women bowlers have the physicality for that to make a great deal of difference. Mm. Like obviously, yeah, I mean, the, use... the women's game tend they tend to rely a bit more on swing and and cut and and that kind of thing. Yeah, so the the, the more bouncy tracks, I don't feel would play into it as much as between sort of the men and the women yeah, or the, the men's the, game because yeah. they don't really have the, the the physicality to really make use of... Like, you don't have Stark running in 145-kilometre-per-hour mm. bounces. Well, possibly the, the spinners, the fact that we had a couple of wrist spinners might have helped us. Or did we not? Yeah, uh, Alana King debuted in that series and yeah. um, she was... You're looking at me good. like I'm, I'm making this up. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pretty sure we had a couple of wrist spinners. Um, that might have made the difference. Um, that tends to be something that we produce and, and works on our wickets. Well, well, similarly enough, I think to the issue with the, the men's side, I don't think England didn't, <laughs> didn't contribute with the bat enough. 
Yeah. Outside of Heather Knight's fantastic hundred in the in a test match, no one really got going. And even in that test match, no one else besides Heather Knight really stood up. There were a couple of starts, but no real big scores. Mm. Um, and that just obviously played through for the rest of the series. I think they had they had a good batting knock in that initial T20. Yeah. But then the Aussies chased that down at a canter. Yeah. And, and then they've just moved on here. So there's some really big questions to be asked about um, for the for the English about, you know, what are they going to do to shore up their batting? Because, you know, Australia didn't bat particularly well in any game, really. We had no hundreds in the series. We had a handful of people scoring 50s. But uh, England managed to find a way to get through and restrict Australia to some, you know. Yeah. Took them 35 overs and they scored. You know, so that like five down for 131 in the 35th over, you're sort of going, that's not bad going if they're batting first. Yeah. Um, nine for 205 in that first ODI. Uh, I think maybe their hearts weren't entirely in it by the time they got to the, the last ODI or Australia were two for 164. But they looked like for most of the series they were doing okay oh, enough yeah. with the ball to be in oh, the contest. Yeah. But they I just think, I think every time you walk out, with your nation's colours on, you want a you want a victory, whether it's a completely dead rubber or what. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they threw the game or anything <laughs> like that, but they uh, phoned it in. You uh, know. The problem with Arsenal is they always try to walk yeah. it. In. <laughs> they just come in off two steps. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think there'll be some obviously some very big questions for the ECB moving forward. Here is the both of their sides have got. Uh, quite soundly spanked, for lack of a, a better euphemism, in this series. So they've got some serious questions to go and ask. Uh, the one positive is that they've um, the, the women's 100 has just started. So yeah. England's always had a fairly strong women's side without really having a super professional sort of setup. And now this yeah. women's 100 is going to, you'd imagine, mm. um, this, invigorate this, that process as well. I don't know. Does the 100 help them? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it might just be me going, it, ooh, something new. It, it like helps it. them in the sense that they bring the sense of legitimacy to the women's game. It's highly broadcasted. It's televised. It's going to be more money going into it for better development, things like mm. that. Uh, I mean, what, what advantages do you think it has over just like a, a seriously taken... 2020 competition? Well, none. The reason why it's the 100 is because the TV networks over there wanted it to fit into a time slot. So they shaved balls off each inning so it would only yeah. run for... I hate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that. That's the reason it's the 100. They're not yeah. trying to reinvent the game because they think a 100-ball cricket is, is the yeah. way of the future. They just... To get that, to, their, their main argument was to get... They wanted it on free-to-air TV. They wanted to get cricket out there that was easy for consumers to, to see. And the easiest way to do that was to convince TV networks to pick it up. The TV network said, we're not putting a T20 on. It's too long. It needs right. to fit into a certain time slot so they shaved. Uh, it's just never good when you have to shave balls. <laughs> uh, I, need, I need like the, a the low-hanging low fruit. I need like oh. a, a double entendre sound effect. We're shaving the low-hanging fruit? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, can, it absolutely it, um, goes to show that the it'll, it should work. I mean, it worked. The WDBBL getting all of the resources funneled into it that's been getting has only improved... Um, the Australian international women's game. Yeah. So there's no reason why a country with the resources of England, if it's been done properly, and England for a long time have been a very competitive side, so there's no reason to think why they won't continue to be one of the better women's sides in the world 
with yeah. the extra resources and attention that the hundred's going to bring, it should, if it's managed properly, do good things for for the English side. Yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah, so it's going to be an interesting sort of where do you go for from here? You know, so you obviously yeah. don't want to come out bit for an Ashes of, tour and yeah. go home with absolutely nothing. But yeah. um, bit, bit of bit of publicity for the women's game is is never a bad thing. It's not just publicity, but like so the hundred is their it's their golden goose, like our. BBL, so they're gonna it'll be generating money and interest, and that yeah. money will be then funneled into into the game to, to improve it. But yeah. just I wanted to put this out here because I saw this flash up today on on social media. Uh, men's Ashes, Australia four draw one, England zero. Women's Ashes, Australia four draw no result three, England zero. Women's A games, Australia five no result one, England A zero. A men's A game, Australia 1, England Lions 0. <laughs> Total, Australia 14, draw 5, England 0. Yeah, so, go to the draw. So, uh, yeah, not a great win, uh, winter holiday for yeah, right. the Poms. <laughs> Only you would, would go through and, and uh, put a, a spotlight on that. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's basically 15-0, this Ashes, or something like that. 16, did you say? 14. 14 games 14. to Australia. Yeah, right. Um, six of them were A games, so right. I won't... So, the, the, yeah, the women, Australian women's, yeah, took on the uh, England A women's side concurrently with, oh, the, right. with the Ashes, yeah, and, they, okay. and they cleaned up that as well. So it's... Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, England have come made all this way out, and... Uh, Let's not kid around. It was a. It's been an, an arduous experience with all of the COVID restrictions and all of the mm. the rigmarole to get things out here and tick boxes and get players the the appropriate freedom they deserve and changing, especially the women's game. The schedule changed around a lot. Yeah, um, I, I wonder why they play more women's that, A games. I, I think it was just because they could, so the women had something to do. The the other no, other players, the people who who come out. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, yeah. And I think, well, the men's, ideally the men's would have played more A games, but remember the Big Bash was happening at the same time. Oh, of so course. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't as, as much time to yeah. okay. to, to play any, any more A games. But yeah, so it's it's a, a big commitment. And um, yeah, to come out of it with nothing to hang your hat on would have been, <laughs> oh, we know what that feels like after a full year of cricket with nothing really to hang our hats on. Yeah. <laughs> the cupboard is bare. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so lots to think about for the English side, and I think that gives us a great segue into our next topic of conversation, which is uh, the upcoming tours. So we'll start with England because we're already talking about England. So we made the, a point at the end of the men's game is sort of where do um, where do England go from here? What are their, mm. their best moves and all that sort of stuff? So I, we, did, I did read that squad. I, I didn't uh, commit it exactly to memory, but there's a lot of new faces. So uh, eight players were dropped from the Ashes Tour. Yep. So their, their squad currently is Joe Root as captain, Johnny Bairstow, Zach Crawley, Matthew Fisher, Ben Folks, Dan Lawrence, Jack Leach, Alex Lees, Saqib Mahmood, Craig Overton, Matthew Parkinson, Ollie Pope, Ollie Robinson, Ben Stokes, Chris Wokes, and Mark Wood. Right. What jumps out to you from that list? Well, Parkinson, like... Yeah, the the wrist spinner, right? That's not the point I was looking for, but yes, it's good to see him in the squad. Okay. Um, Liz, what jumps out at me? Um, I'll go through it quickly again. Really okay. pay attention to the names. All right, yeah. Root, 
Bairstow, Crawley, Fisher, Folks, Lawrence, Leach, Lees, Mahmood, Overton, Parkinson, Pope, Robinson, Stokes, Wokes, and Wood. Oh, I've got you. There's no Broad and Anderson. No Broad and Anderson. Right, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Just... So your team struggles to crack 300 for the better part of the last three years. Right. Always two wickets down for not a lot. And your answer for the upcoming tour is let's drop a 1,000 test wickets from our squad. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, you were, you were calling for um, the end of Jimmy, though, to, for him to be moved on. Um, I wasn't necessarily calling for it, but I think that's something that England have got a plan for. But by the same yeah, token, it's not but, but, but dropping. Why, but why drop Broad as well? We, like He is five years younger than, than Jimmy. The thing is, I don't necessarily think they need to be dropped. Oh, yeah. They're obviously two of the better bowlers that England have got. You, you need to be winning games. Yeah, exactly. And those two are going to help you win cricket games. But I think the plan is that you can't play them together. And if England yeah. are going to be sticking to this rotation policy, there's no reason why you can't do a horses for courses thing and have these guys in the squad. And moving past that, Broad and Anderson isn't the problem. The problem is that their bowling attacks too well. The problem is that these guys can't score any runs. runs. Yeah. And I don't feel that they've really addressed that. So um, yeah, yeah. Alex Lees looks like he's going to be getting a crack at the top of the order. With, well, well uh, neither of the, the regular openers have, have made it. I mean, so, yeah, so the guys... I mean, Zach Crawley is, is in there. So the two guys they had coming out to Australia, Burns and, and Hamid, Hamid, are yeah. gone. Milan, gone. gone. Yeah. Billings, who I thought... Showed quite a bit of gusto and yeah. could be a good fire, firecracker sort of player to have around the squad. Uh, he's gone. Overlooked. Um, um, but they've gone with Ben Folks, as, who's every, all reports is the best keeper in England, which makes yeah. sense. But, and, um, and Joss Butler's not in that squad. Joss either. Butler's not in that squad. He's been moved on. And I think that's probably... What about, like, why would they drop Milan? I, I thought he probably looked like the second best bat that they've got here. Got no idea. Yeah. No so maybe he was picked as an Australian specialist. Possibly. And then um, he started off okay, but uh, the Australians sort of got hold of him towards the back end of the series. But that, that same happens, token, though. you know, like you no one, even Joe Root, didn't play yeah, particularly I mean, well. Batting is like that. That you're up against the well, the best attack in the world, possibly. Um, they're going to work you out some of the time. It was the best attack in the world on the best conditions that they've had in their home country for quite a while. I yeah. haven't seen bowling conditions like that in Australia consistently across mm. all of the grounds for it seems, a while. It seems like England then have just gone, okay, we're going to cut it off at the age of 32 or something. Well, you know, like <laughs> but the thing is, Broad and Anderson, well, yeah. Caveat here is Broad has been sorry Anderson has been struggling in the second and or the third and fourth innings of Test matches for the last eighteen months or so. Yeah. But they have they've been bowling better than they've been bowling in their like they're getting better. They're both of them are getting better the longer they play. It's not like yeah. they're declining in their old age. Anderson is much much better than what he was fifteen years ago mm. in in what would be his physical prime. Yeah. Um, and Broad has had a, a new lease of life, really trying to pitch the ball up, and he's had incredible numbers as well. It just doesn't mm. make sense to me. Like they were talking about Stuart Broad potentially being the uh, like a caretaker English captain because he's got a more aggressive attacking mindset and yeah. just letting Joe Root Joe Root bat. Um, and mm. then for the next squad, they've found them, themselves out. I just I don't I, I stand by my point that you've got a future proof. 
Yeah. Um, but they've got guys like but, but, Joffre Archer but, but, in the wings. They've got yeah. Wally Stone in the wings. They've got Robinson, who looks pretty good, and obviously he just needs to sort of work on his fitness and being able yeah. to play. Yeah, Mark, well, they've got stacks of bowlers. I don't think there's any real yeah. issue that you need to then go and drop a hundred, a thousand test wickets worth of experience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, youth and experience is a good combination. Like, if, even for the, just purely their coaching or mentoring roles mm. for these young young seamers, you'd have them in the squad. But like, I the, mean, I suppose they could take them as coaches if they really wanted to. But, so, so looking um, at that squad, I'm thinking, because I've also heard, I don't know if this is how it's going to pan out, but it's looking likely that Joe, well, actually I have heard specifically that Joe Root will bat at three for this tour. Okay. And that Ben Stokes is likely to come up the order and bat at four. And I'm like, that's you're going backwards. Joe, yeah. uh, Ben Stokes, for the, that team to, to reach its peak, Ben Stokes needs to bat at six. Yeah. So you need to find another... Top order batsman. It's good enough to be an obsession with all rounders not wanting to bat at six. I mean, that's that's the all rounder slot. That's that's how it works. Unless unless you're Jacques Callas, who could who could do both. And looking at it purely on his batting stats, yeah, a number four that averages thirty eight in Test cricket, yeah, is appalling. I wouldn't say appalling. It's 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 appalling. It's appalling. Less than forty in your top. uh, This is England, mind you. This isn't. Some minnow nation. Mm. Number four is arguably three and four yeah. are typically spoken about as your best batsman in the side. Yeah. Look at the, you got Lara Tendulkar, Ponting, Clark, yeah. uh, Steve Smith, Coley, Kane Williamson, the caliber of players right, that so are you're sitting thinking, in. You're talking three and four. Three and four. Yeah. You know, Jacques Callis, Hashim Amla, A.B. de Villiers, yeah. Um, Shivnarine Chanderpaul, lots of really gun players that have occupied that. Uh, yeah. Um, Richard fourth... Cheek, no. <laughs> Misbar Al Haq, uh, Baba Razam, Yunus Khan. <laughs> yeah. There's stacks of like really yeah. elite players that have occupied these spots. Yeah. Um, and for a guy to come in, like we all know that Ben Stokes on his day is one yeah. of the most destructive batsmen in the world. Mm-hmm. But there is a reason why he averages 38. Yeah. It's because it's not his day all the time. Yeah. But he's also an all-rounder and does an incredible job with you with the ball. So ideally, you'd have him at six yeah. and let him mm. take the game from there. And if well, he comes out at it's fourth... Like ben, Sto- ben Stokes facing up to bowlers who are tired is a good combination. That's what you want. Because, yeah, and he's not going to get the... He's going to get fresh bowlers at four. Mm. Well, the way their openers go, exactly. you could be in in the third over. Yeah, right now four is like batting three or, you know, number two. It's um, like standing at the other end. But a lot yeah. of respect for Ben Stokes, but his ideal spot for England to be playing their best cricket would be at six, which means that there are five test quality batsmen That's, in front of him. It is. It's too much. Like, can you imagine uh, a, a team goes and, and bats uh, five sessions and then puts England in. You know, Ben Stokes has bowled 20 overs and they get two early wins. And the way that Joe Root uses him, he's probably banged about 15 yeah. of those overs in his own <laughs> half of the wicket. Yeah, and then he's got to go out and bat at four. And, and let's face it, Ben Stokes hasn't had the greatest run of staying healthy either. Exactly, yeah. Um, this is a guy that's... Like, look after your all-rounder. This is a guy that's a... struggled to stay healthy at times. Yeah. And, yeah, it's they're working, they're working the wrong way. The problem yeah. with their side isn't their bowlers are too mm. old. The problem with their side is... Their bowlers have got nothing to work with. Yeah, I feel like we went through it with with Shane Watson. Um, you know, he he did have a good career, whether you like him or not. 
but I feel like he didn't have the career that his young uh, talent would have projected. If you look at Watson's numbers... He, he kind of underachieved, mm. yeah. If you look at Watson's numbers and you go, that's a guy that played uh, 100-odd innings of batting at six, whatever it is. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'm not going to look the stats up. Yeah. But if he played 100 innings and most of them were at five or six, you'd probably take those that yeah. 30 odd that he averaged with the bat and yeah. what he could contribute when the ball was, he was healthy. But for a large portion of his test career, he was Open. opening the batting or batting three. Yeah. And you need, especially for a country that's been yeah. spoiled with yeah. the likes of yeah. you know, Ricky Ponting for a long time mm. and Hayden and Langer at the top of the order, you, you, you need more than a guy that's yeah. averaging sub 40. You, you've got to be spots. a special, special player to bat at three and, and, and bowl. I mean that's that's why Jean Carlos is is talked about alongside Gary Sobers as, as the greatest all rounder. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I just think yeah, I think England are working the wrong way. Like yes, yeah, so they've got an infusion of young young talent coming through. Fisher and and uh, Mahmuda. Yeah, I, I mean I have to profess my ignorance a little bit. I, I don't know. I'm not across the uh, English first class. Um, who are these guys? Well, Fisher is the fast bowler and Lees is an opening batsman. Right. And Mahmood, yeah. obviously, you would have seen at the Big Bash. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know a great deal about – I know Lees has got fairly impressive stats. I don't know a great deal about Fisher. Yeah. Um, do they do they actually hit the ball or do they just leave it? <laughs> or, or have they uh, well, got a good defensive game? As the So uh, far we get to see an English opener actually leave the ball well. Yeah. <laughs> they just have a, they have a poor strike rate because they yeah. don't have any shots. Mm. It's not because they're diligent. Yeah. I um, mean, Michael Slater left the ball well. He also chased the odd wide-heart volley. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And had careless disregard for his wicket when he hit ninety. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, um, I'll take that. <laughs> I am very, I'm very happy with the Matthew Parkinson pick. I think that that's a, a really good move, and hopefully, yeah. Well, that that at least matches their narrative, right? Because you know, when our our commentators asked the English why they haven't brought Matt Parkinson, um, their answer was that they didn't want to uh, expose him to really, really tough conditions um, before he was ready. Uh, I mean, they've brought players over here and it's it's kind of wrecked their careers, like Mason Crane and, um, yeah, and I can which kind says, of which see says that. to me, yeah. sorry to interrupt, it says to me they've got no faith in a player's fortitude. Like yeah. Shane Warne is mm. arguably the greatest spinner of all time. Yeah, exactly. And he, what, won for 200,000 runs that he went for? Yeah. Ravi Shastri yeah. just made him look like a, a net bowler. That's right. And then they took him to Sri Lanka. And they went and stuck with it. Like, Australia's yeah. not a, like, Mira Litharan, yeah. who is the other guy that's talked about, averages 72 here. Yeah. And didn't impact his career. Harvajan Singh averages 60-odd over here. Yeah. Um, Ravi Ashwin was garbage over here for his first few tours, and he had a really good one in his last one. So, yeah. like, if he's the best spinner you've got, Take him over here, and yeah, if you feed him to the wolves, exactly rally around him that, and go, okay, like, yeah. that wasn't a good series. This is what went wrong. Exactly. This is test cricket. You, you know, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. If it's not hard, then, you know, we wouldn't want to play it. Not everyone that, that's has That's kind of why we love it, because not, it is hard. Not everyone has a great series all the time. I mean, you look at Steve Smith. Steve Smith had a really bad series 
yeah. by his standards. He had two decent knocks and a couple of ducks. Like he, but we're not going to be like, oh, I think England have figured him out. We'll just that's it. Like yeah. if, if this is the guy that yeah. you think, and by all accounts, he should have been there. He was been killing it in county cricket, and he actually yeah. was an attacking leg spin and, bowler. And funnily enough, apparently Mason Crane was having a really good first class year as well. So yeah, <laughs> it's just when they come out and go, oh, we just want to hide them from the Aussies. And we've done it too. We hid Phil Hughes from yeah. South Africa on that. Uh, yeah, one, yeah. His return. Rob finally got a gig. Gifted, yeah. And it's just, That's true. And I disagreed with it when we did that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. it's just if he's the guy, let him loose. Who knows? Like, you can't. Yeah. Like, you see, so saying that Jack Leach. <laughs> It was fine yeah. for Jack Leach to just be treated like a, a bowling machine. <laughs> He's just got just but, got like a sacrificial lamb <laughs> drawn on the back yeah. of his jersey or something. Yeah, he doesn't have a number. It's just a picture of a lamb. <laughs> um, but I really hope that uh, England are bold and Parkinson gets first crack at the West Indies. I think that yeah. he's going to be um, – but still looking at that. So you've got Craig Overton, who's a holding bowler. Yeah. Um, Ollie Robinson, who's a holding bowler. Chris Wokes is just swing bowler. Mark Wood, he'll be your aggressor, but is he going to play all three games? You yeah. know, he's played a lot of uh, a lot of cricket in Australia. Uh, I don't know much about Fisher, to be honest, but so they've got yeah. quite a few bowlers there that are a bit of the same, same medium pace, nibble around. So hmm. could be a really is, good is opportunity. Is Joffre fit? No, no Joffre's not fit. He's obviously not, not. And he's yeah. not in this squad. So I really hope that they give my, uh, Parkinson first crack at the Windies. I think it's going to be really important for the development of A, him, and B, England, because they've got to figure out a new way to do things. Especially, yeah. if, well, it's not even working for him in England anymore. Hmm. Um, you know, I wonder if Joffre would be popular in the West Indies. I mean, he's, he's kind of one of their own, but he's then playing against them. <laughs> well, he wasn't particularly popular for the World Cup. He got to quite a lot of... Uh, yeah, right. Uh, that was sort of the, the catch cry that he was getting, that he was a West Indian bowler and yeah. not actually English. So mm. it'd be, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, he gets himself fit too because he's a very exciting prospect when he's fit and healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, England have dropped, well, they only drew against us. They lost to New Zealand. They lost to India. Um, mm. So, you know, they're, they're, the way that their team plays cricket, it's starting to fray at the edges a bit. So yeah. I think they really need to reinvent themselves and I think they need some, you know, being more assertive and attacking with the ball and I think that Parkinson's a way to do it, especially when you've got Ben Stokes who is one of those bowlers that can do a job if one of your quick bowlers isn't working. So yeah. you've got so many quick bowling options that you don't, like we said for the Ashes, you don't need a Jack Leach to do a holding role yeah. when you've got, three bowlers in your lineup so you already can, that you do can, that. You can afford to attack through your spinner is, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, there we go. So we're watching that series with uh, eager anticipation to see how that goes. Looking at yeah. that, I have to what, imagine... What time that, of night is it on, uh, Oh, I can't remember what time Windows <laughs> test starts. It'll, it'll be quite ridiculous, I imagine. All right, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we'll see much of it. Yeah. Um, I might watch the scores. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think... If I remember right, a day's play finishes just about what time I normally would get up for work. So I feel it's yeah. like an 11 o'clock start yeah. or a 10 o'clock start mm-hmm. on, the, on the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> and if I wasn't working, yeah. I probably would do that. But yeah. 
We'll see how we go. All right, well, that'll do talking about England. Right after this, we'll, uh, we'll track it. We've got two Australian squads that have been announced, one of them being the T20s and the other one the Tests. So we'll go and uh, break those down straight after this. Got it! Patrick Slowerball, beautifully bowled. That's right, yeah. The Australian side hasn't finished. The Ashes are done, but there is still more work to be done. And uh, starting off with a T20 series against Sri Lanka, this is the squad. Uh, Aaron Finch, Ashton Agar, Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, who will be unavailable for the first three games, uh, Moses Enriquez, Josh Inglis, Ben McDermott, Glenn Maxwell, Jai Richardson, Kane Richardson, Daniel Sam, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Marcus Stoinis, Matthew Wade, and Adam Zampa. So a pretty yeah. solid squad. Okay. Um... No room for Ben McDermott? Ben McDermott's in there. Oh, he, he is. Okay. Uh, David Warner is not playing in this series, so McDermott okay. is coming in. I am assuming will then be opening the batting alongside uh, Aaron Finch. Right. That seems like the most likely. It's a like-for-like like swap. You're getting mm-hmm. opening opening batsmen coming from Warner. Yeah. The other option would be to move Wade from where he's batting to partner Finch. You get the right-left-handed combination. Yeah. Josh Inglis might be a chance to go at the top of the order. But I think mm-hmm. after the season McDermott had, um, yeah. it would be good to get him in there. And, and like He's a guy that's had a couple of cracks at international cricket and hasn't quite made it stick yet. Yeah. And I think if you're, you're playing without um, without David Warner for this series, it could be a go to give him yeah. just like your job, open the batting, this is what we want you to do, mm-hmm. this is how we want you to go about it, um, and give him give him five goes at it or at least at least three goes out of it yeah. and just sort of see if you can get him to start to find his feet at the international level because there's yeah, no doubt that if he can cash in the way he does in the Big Bash, he'll be an incredible short-form mm. cricketer. He always takes a little while to get going in the Big Bash. I think that's... Um, and, and the international series are a lot shorter than, say, your Big Bash. So mm. maybe, I don't know, I'm not sure whether you can really focus on that or I, I think, that's just something I've, I've noticed. I think the big issue with McDermott is quite a lot of his international career is obviously, you know, because Australia still do it, will have been doing it, is they pick all, let's pick the top five run scorers in the Big Bash and that'll help us out with our T20 side. They're all openers. Yeah. They can't all bat at the top of the order. So I think McDermott has struggled with having to come in in yeah. uh, positions he's not particularly used to. Yeah, exactly. and, um, yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a lot of uh, circumstances. Again, yeah, there's a step up to international level. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's a guy that hasn't quite been managed as well as he can. And it's it's tough fighting for spots at the top of the Australian T20 order. So mm. um, with, with Warner not there, I think this is a really good opportunity to get, uh, get him in there yeah. and... Um, Really have a look at him. You've got uh, Moses Omriks in there. Yeah, I, I think I'm not really sure about this one. He missed out on the World Cup squad, and then he had didn't really have a great no big bash. Like no, he's, like a, I, he's you, an experienced. You're usually a big Omriks fan. I am um, a big Omriks fan. I don't yeah. think he's going to go. He played really well against India the last T20 series we had at home. Yeah. Um, but if he wasn't good enough for the T20 squad, um for the World Cup, and that yeah. doesn't really knock the door back down to get back into the side. It's an odd yeah. one. But he's a specialist middle-order pick, I suppose. I suppose, like, yeah. So it looks like yeah. we are looking at trying to get some more middle-order players. Because I don't think he bowls anymore. He bowled a couple. Of, he doesn't bowl as much as he probably should, but um, 
he wouldn't he wouldn't be picked as an all rounder. He would be yeah, being yeah. picked as a especially batsman. with Stoinis in the squad as well. Um, I'm liking the Daniel Sams pick. I'm a big fan of his, and I think that he could end up being one of those late order finishers with the bat, and then obviously good enough with the ball. So I'm glad to see that kind he's of like a, a James Faulkner kind of role. Yeah, yeah, heavy hitting sort of guy that can come out and or a pinch hitter. So depending on where he where we are in the, in the innings, he can come out mm. and, and have a bit of a go. I'm liking the Travis Head. He's in great form. Uh, after the Test Series, he had a really strong Marsh Cup, uh, and mm. we can get him in there and, and have a good look at him. He was almost scoring at T20 strike rates in Test cricket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think he's a guy that um, could really do a job in all three formats for Australia if he starts to find his feet. If he plays the way he does in the Marsh Cup for the Australian One Day International side, he could find himself in that team as well. So, Did you put him in your, your four, the three-format team? Someone got him. Oh, I didn't put him in there. Um, I think Gary got him. Gary might have put him in there. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think it's a, it's a pretty solid squad. Yeah. There's nothing really, you know, real things that uh, are really jumping out at me that they shouldn't have been picked. Might have been interesting to see if... Um, Jason Sanger? Uh, I don't think he's quite ready. Like, I'm a big fan of... I think we said this a couple of weeks ago it would have been a left-field pick. I would have been a pick for the tour to Sri Lanka. Yeah. But, um, I, like, he was in no danger of that happening. And on the proviso that he uh, does a job in Sheffield Shield mm. until that tour, yeah. tour leaves, which didn't start particularly well. He got out for, I think, 14 today, batting at three. So, not the greatest... Start to that plan, but um, no, I, I think it's a good squad. Uh, Joy Richardson's going to get uh, back into the Australian colours as well. He's been dangerous. He's missing on the Pakistan tour, which we'll get to in yeah. a minute. So I, I feel like lots of lots of players struggle to play him. Um, you know, he's, he's not quite as tall as the other bowlers, but I don't know. When you're watching him live, he looks quick. Yeah, he's like, slippery. I suppose yeah, is a yeah. really good word. Just, like he just looks yeah, hard like, to even, hit at times. Even guys who you know bowl about at the same. Speed as he does, just they don't look as quick. There's well, something about yeah. a couple of years ago when he really burst onto the scene. He was given Virat Kohli a real hard time in the um, in the ODIs that he played then, and uh, got him out a few times. So mm. he's definitely yeah. he's definitely a star in the making at Jai Richardson. So it's good to see him getting in and back in the the Australian colours. They're obviously eager to manage his workload and feel that a, a T20 series will be good to sort of cut his teeth on and slowly work him in towards. Mm. Getting into that long form squad, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, Josh Inglis again is in there, so I'm hoping that um, mm. that they that he gets a role. I think in that's that a side. that's a pick on quality, not on form. Um, but he, he sort of started to find some form at the back end of the tournament. It must have been hard yeah. for Inglis because he didn't really get a run in the World Cup, and it then came in and was sort of struggling a bit to, after not playing a lot of cricket in the big bash, and then as he was sort of starting to work his way out, he got picked for the Australian squad as a reserve, didn't play any games there, and then had to come back. And Yeah, a bit of a disrupted season. Um, but there's no doubt that he's, he's quality at that in that format. So it will be, it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of competition there. So you've got Wade, who is obviously the incumbent wicketkeeper, Ben McDermott, who's a keeper, Josh Inglis, who you'd imagine is probably the backup wicketkeeper for, for these games to see if they rotate players and give them a go, but uh, it looks a solid squad. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, I really would have liked to have seen um, Tanvir Sanger right. get a go in this squad. He had, he's had yeah. two really good big bashes back-to-back. 
um, not only taking wickets, but also being really miserly with the ball. Uh, so uh, it would have been good to see him wiggle his way in there somewhere. But uh, then, you've, again, you've got Zampa and Agar who are going to be your spinners. Maxwell's a guy that can help out. So, you know, you're carrying a guy who's probably not going to get a game if we're going to play it seriously. But They, um, they really should win. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, it looks like a quality side. It's kind of like when you you look over a, an Australian National Rugby League selection, and you're just sort of like, oh my goodness! Well, the Sri Lanka quality of this team. Sri Lanka are, are a quality outfit too. Um, Patham yeah. Nasanka is going to be good. Um, Wanindu Hasaranga is, I think, the top ranked T20 bowler in the world. Wow. Um, Dasun Shanaka had a a really good uh, World Cup. He's the all-rounder. Uh, I think he's a, he's a top order batsman. Oh, really? Um, I've got the wrong guy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so there's. I think you're right. I think we should win, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be as much of a walk in the park as quite possibly some people are thinking. Sri Lanka, are a young side on the up. Actually, no. I back to your other point. I think I got the wrong one. Asalanka was the guy that was carving up for the top of the order for oh, right. yeah, yeah. for Sri Lanka. So yeah, you're probably I was, right. I was about to say, I've, I've, I've played, uh, you know, I don't know that much about the um, Sri Lankan squad, but I've played cricket captain a few times in <laughs> Sri Lanka, so I know a little bit about it. So, yes, I think um, I think I got that backwards, yeah. So <laughs> he, he was he was a good player in the, in the, uh, the T20 World Cup. Kusal Mendes, Danish Chandamal, so there's some, there's some experience in there. Uh, moving forward to the uh, long-form game, so we've picked our squad to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I'll read this squad out to you. This is the last squad to go to Pakistan. Right. I think you get a kick out of these names. Okay. Mark Taylor, Steve Waugh, Damon Fleming, Ian Healy, Michael Kasprovitz, Justin yeah. Langer, Darren Lehman, Stuart McGill, Glenn McGrath, Colin Miller, Ricky Ponting, Gavin Robinson, Michael Slater, and Mark Waugh. October 1998. That's the last touring squad. Gavin Robinson, the off spinner from <laughs> New South Wales. And Stewie McGill, no Warren. Warren must have been doing shoulder surgery. I think so. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Um, so the current squad that's going, uh, Pat Cummins, Ashton Agar gets a recall, Scott Bollins held his spot, Alex Carey, Cameron Green, Marcus Harris, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Josh Inglis, Usman Kawaja, Manus Labuschagne, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Marsh, Michael Nisa, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Swepson, and David Warner. Okay. Agard's an interesting pick. Well, I think they're, they're covering all their bases in case. I fully imagine that it's going to be a quick bouncy with yeah. it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be as sort of slow and dust bowly as some people are predicting because it's the subcontinent. Yeah. Pakistan have an incredible pace battery, and I think they're doing their players a disservice if it's not somewhat pace friendly. Mm. But I think in yeah. case they do I mean, decide to go, those... that Shahina Freedy has had a, an incredible year. Yeah, um, absolutely. I was going over his stats. Like I, I remember him coming out here, and you know he was the best of a bad bunch uh, when they toured. Um, they were very young though, so they had a couple mm. of years of seasoning to yeah, really find their. Yeah, I think he was. He was 18 or so when, when he came out here, or 19, so he'd be still early 20s. Mm. Um, and he's had an incredible year, uh, averaging something like 14, 15, and taken, I don't know, over, over 40 wickets or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I, he's I think, the guy to watch. I them. think they're doing a disservice if they come out and throw a dust bowl and pick three spinners and yeah. do it that way. Um, but it, 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 has our, it gives us the option of picking... 
Three, yeah, three. it gives us the option going with uh, Swepson and Line and then Agar as if there is yeah. more spin-friendly spin conditions. So Agar would probably bat at seven, um, you'd think. You'd imagine, and they'd push Kerry up to... Yeah, so that they can still retain the two seats. What, what would be interesting is do they go... Um, well, I suppose if they're going Agar, they'd probably drop Green, yeah. I'd imagine. So you could go... Mm. Um, yeah, you wouldn't need that, yeah. If you go the all rounder would be your spinning all rounder as opposed to the the seam all rounder. If you're going to yeah. go Swepson and, and and Lion as your spinners, you'd probably leave Green and then go with two quicks, two yeah. spinners, and and mm. then Green is your third option. So I think it's a yeah, it's yeah. A, it's, they're, they're covering all bases. It's a squad that covers yeah. this. I did have some concerns over the fact that if the, if COVID hits and we lose some batsmen, we don't really <laughs> have any. Reserve batsman. We've oh, really? got um, Mitchell Marsh, who is an all-rounder, and his test batting credentials are mm. pretty poor. I don't know how he made the long-form squad. I think it's just because he's in form, and yeah. I think he's there as, like, it makes sense he's in the squad. I don't think he's in any danger of playing Okay. with there's no injuries, but I think yeah. he's a guy that's been playing cricket so for Australia. So he's a cover for, for our other all-rounders. Yeah, I'd yeah. imagine. Uh-huh. And the only other... Backup batsman you've got is Marcus Harris because you'd imagine that Kawaj will retain his spot at the top of the order. Yeah. And uh, then Josh Inglis, who's yet to debut. Um, but that being said, after I had those initial thoughts, apparently uh, I think it's Renshaw, Abbott, Maddinson, and oh, I, how amateur of me. Um, there's another player going over as reserve players as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Abbott, Renshaw, and Maddinson were three of them. I believe there was one more. Yeah. So with Renshaw and um, Maddinson there as well, that, um, that makes more sense. We've got cover there. Both of them can play at the top or in the middle order. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really solid-looking squad. Um, it's going to be a big test. You know, we, like, this is the first tour that we've gone on of any kind mm. Yeah, for Test cricket in a long, long time. Yeah, since the nineties, twenty nineteen. Ash, is that the last tour we've gone on? I think it would be with a Test tour. A Test tour. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, another like coming one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it's a big. T- not only is it a, a, a really big event. To going to Pakistan for the first time in a long time. It's our first tour of any kind of, as a test nation. Mm. Um, so, and then Pat Cummins is, you know, yeah. skippering the side outside that. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, I, what I'm loving is that uh, we've named basically a full-strength squad. There are no notable omissions, which means looks like these players are... Uh, fully fit. Full, a, fully fit, but B, have looked at the situation in Pakistan and have decided that they're comfortable enough going and playing... Over there, which is the yeah. other big hurdle that uh, mm. Pakistan has faced, has been security issues. And yeah, with well, with Taliban now being being in uh, in charge of Afghanistan, it's um, yeah. <laughs> well, they must they must know, but they wouldn't take them over there yeah. if it wasn't so. So Australia's done their their due diligence and um, yeah. And they've named a full-strength squad. There doesn't appear to be too many people going. Uh, I'm going to sit this tour out, fellas. Like they're all they're all keen to go, get over there and, and play some cricket. So that's uh, that's fantastic. So yeah. um, looking forward to it. I'm really hoping that they're going to lean towards pace-friendly pitches because that young upcoming pace battery they've got versus what we've talked about being one of the best bowling attacks in the world yeah. could make for some very compelling cricket. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I hope I hope they are fast, bouncy pitches. You've got that. Uh 
that young fella who came out here at the age of 16. Nassim Shah. That's it, yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, they've just got a, a, a great pace battery over there. And it's good to see that Bolland has been included as well. I mean, it's hard to drop him, but, you know, there's a place for guys that yeah. can do that job. I mean, look at James Anderson, Muhammad Abbas from Pakistan is a guy that's done that job. There's a place for yeah. guys that can noodle it around at 130 and then have it on a string. And so it looks like Bol- I don't think Bolland will start. I think Hazelwood will get his spot back, as he should. Yeah. But um, it's good to see that he hasn't been... Uh... To the dismay of the Victorians, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't keep the Vicks happy. No. But no, so it should be a good squad. I'm looking, eagerly looking forward to, uh, to when those games get underway. Yeah. Got any predictions for the tour? Mm, it's like, going to be a tough one. Like, don't have any data to work with at all, so... Yeah, uh, well, let's, let's predict. Um, I think they can get it done. It's a, it's a three-test series. I believe so, yes. Well, if it is a three-test series, I think we can get it 2-1, but I think it might come down to the last test. I think so, too. Uh, I think on paper we're a better side, but cricket games aren't played on paper, and we're in their home conditions, which is going to be a coin flip because Pakistan aren't particularly used to their own conditions either. Um, But, yeah, it's going to come I still think that our batting needs some work. Yeah. We comfortably beat England, but there were some question marks. Obviously, Travis Head has locked himself in, but we know he's the sort of guy that can give you a, a shaky result every now and then. Yeah. Um, our openers, uh, you know, Kawaja had one good game against England and he's got himself in for the long haul, so he's got to find some consistency. Uh, Warner has been struggling with consistency for a little bit. Um, yeah. Got two 90s to start the series and then nothing since. Yeah. Um, Smith's had a couple of quiet summers now, so mm. it'd be good to see him bounce True. back yeah. and get some runs. So it's not all, uh, all you know, swimming comfortably for the Aussie. So yeah. it's going to be a big test. Um, but I think they're up for it. I think they'll come away with well, a win. But uh, my dad thinks that Steve Smith has gone too far with his exaggerated movements. <laughs> I was like, "It's all right, Dad. I'll I'll pass that on to him, and I'm sure that'll help." <laughs> it's only uh, he's only averaging just shy of sixty. <laughs> yeah, twenty-seven uh, test hundreds. Yeah, but you know, yeah, we'll we'll sort him out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, straight after this, we're going to get into the uh, the nasty stuff and have a chat about uh, all this JL debacle. So, if you've been living, unless you've been living under a rock, you've all heard about Justin Langer's departure from the Australian cricket team this week. Uh, announced yeah. that he was handing in his resignation uh, effective immediately. Uh, so the comments from Queen Australia were that they offered him a six-month contract, which Justin Langer yeah. had no interest in. And apparently, according to his statement, was framed to him as go out on a high. So the implication he took from yeah. that was we're giving you a six-month contract to defend the World Cup and then come rain, hail or shine, um, yeah, right. you're out on your ass. Thanks for playing. And so he's like, well, I'm not going to hang around for six months to just get sacked later on. I'll leave now and you can start off your new... Yeah. new regime or however you want your, your coaching to be straight off the bat. And yeah. um, I'm in the camp that I think that this whole saga has just been despicable from start to finish. Yeah. 
I mean, regardless of, of whether you, what your reasoning is, I mean, I still don't think it's clear their reasoning for, for being like that. But the way it's being dealt with where there is just so much hearsay and conjecture and, um, you know, that it dragged on for such a yeah. long time. That's the worst thing about it is just the mismanagement of of it all, that they've yeah. l- allowed it to play out in the public space for so long. Like if they knew that they weren't going to have Langer on, just why wasn't this sorted out a week after the Ashes? Like, mm. like why is this taken so long and so publicly? And apparently they had a board meeting that went all day, and they right. walked out of it without a decision made. So like they yeah. came, and then they wasn't until the well, day after that they. I mean, I, I heard it. On, I think I was driving to a rehearsal on Friday, and it, it came on um, ABC or something. And they were like, uh, you know, um, Cricket Australia has had some said, said something about, you know, um, just Justin Langer's future is not in doubt or something like that. I'm like, he's going to get sacked. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> like, like the fact that the old vote of confidence, right? Oh yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing worse than a vote like, of confidence. I'm like, well, if he was fine, you wouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> you know, like you'd just be like, well, we're gonna. You know, carry on as is. So, so the big implication coming out of it was that Justin Langer was too intense for the players and the support staff, and that right. was what worked against him. And uh-huh. and Pat Cummins came out and said as much that he was intense, but it wasn't a mitigating, like it wasn't a factor in the decision right. to move on. Um, Cummins came out with a, a well articulated statement that, on the face, it looks is. very <laughs> professional. Yeah, uh, one of the things I really had an issue. Um, lining up with was the fact that uh, he thinks that the team has got to a point now where it's evolved past the need to have a, tar- a hard taskmaster like Justin Langer. Justin Langer, mm-hmm. he was like, well, Justin Langer's on a fantastic job. He was a hard tasker, yeah. had hard, hard taskmaster, but that's what the team needed. But now we've evolved to the point that maybe we don't need that skill set anymore. We need yeah. to be looking at other ways to get the best out of us. We need someone and to I'm be like, best mates with the, and I'm with just the thinking, team. I'm thinking to myself, you're 12 months uh, removed from one of the most embarrassing home defeats yeah. that Australia is the most embarrassing home defeat since ten eleven. Yeah. Where we got outplayed by an Indian side that was second or third string at best by the end of it. Yeah. Like you so you've beaten up on a poor, poor English side. And like, there's no other way about it. The, the squad they came over was under strength because of injuries. Mm. Um so the squad they had was up going was up against it from the get go. Their selection policies were head scratching at best. Like this was yeah. a poor English outfit. You should have beaten them the way that you beat them. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you've evolved to the point where the guy that has in his tenure um, taken over the reins when we have a brand new captain, the board is in disarray, public opinion is just out for blood. Your two best batsmen are suspended for a year. Yeah. So from that point Twelve months later, he makes a World Cup semi-final, retains the Ashes in England, yeah, and then adds uh, a four-nil Ashes series win here and a T Twenty World Cup, which we haven't got yet. And that's his resume. Yes, he dropped the ball. Like the the, the team struggled against India. Haven't got India. before, just to clarify. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we have got it. Now we've got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. We, we, we lost the first Border Gavaska series over here, and I'm willing to give Langer a pass for that because there was no Warner, there was no Yeah, um, I suppose that's, that's the only counter-argument, that that, but, that series but, was presided but over it was, by, it was, by Langer. But it was hard to then 
say that he gets a pass when they were basically full strength. Yeah. Warner was a bit injured, but their bowling attack was there. Smith was there, and India were hobbled, and yeah. they still didn't get the job done. So those are two very big um, yeah. black marks on the, that whole thing. But overall, considering Man. where he and started... if they weren't happy with him, then they would have just canned him. Yeah. Like, they've, they've probably got a way to terminate contracts. And, and so it just... It's, it smacks of being not really acknowledging where you really are as a side Yeah. to say that, oh, yeah, we've now evolved to the point that we don't need Justin Langer, yeah. a coach like Justin Langer anymore. And I'm just thinking that may be true. It may be true mm. that you guys don't want to be coached like that anymore, but, you know, you guys haven't improved that much. As we just spoke about there, batting has got question marks all over it and you just, yeah. you know, you haven't toured anywhere since 2019, yeah, and you beat up like the basically the special kids. Mm. That English side, is, <laughs> that that English side has got holes you in can't it. Can't say that. I just oh did. My goodness. That, that, that English side has got holes in it from top to bottom. They were completely ill-equipped to yeah. put up a fight in this Ashes series. Be it yeah. from the the you know. Collingwood was coming out with a cop-out that their COVID situation when all of the bubbles and stuff was too much fatigue, whatever it is. Yeah. They had all that contributing, it, but their team structure from top to bottom was not going to allow them to succeed. Yeah. Um, Hamid wasn't, didn't, doesn't have the technique to succeed here. Burns doesn't have the techniques to succeed here. Um, ben Stokes had spent the whole year basically injured and you brought the same bowling attack that didn't do the job four years ago. So that team was never in a position where it was going to do well. And to hang your hat up and go, we've won 4 nil. we're now amazing cricketers and we're ready to move on to the next phase of our careers yeah. because of that is just premature at best. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and a lot of the uh, our golden era guys have, have come out. You know, Matthew Hayden was always going to stand behind his man. I think uh, that's, a, that's a bromance that dies hard, but, you know, Steve Waugh starts to talk, you, you tend to start to listen. Mm. Um, like, this is I a guy mean, who's so passionate about the game that I remember, I think it was Makai and Tini clocked him on the head. Yeah. And he couldn't go out to open in the second innings. Australia was in a very comfortable position, so we weren't looking like needing him. Yeah. But Langer, who must have still been seeing stars, has <laughs> walked up to Ricky Ponting and said, if you need me to bat and you don't send me out to bat, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> yeah. And Ponting believed him. Yeah. Like, both, like, they knew that, like, if that happened, that Langer would not speak to Ponting anymore. Yeah. Uh, and this is a guy, he just bleeds for this country. And, mm. and, and yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. Like, the situation. He, they, he's going to he's gonna kick them bins, and he, but then, he, you know, he's going to clean up the garbage after. It, it's kind of the perfect metaphor for Justin Langer, isn't it? In fairness, <laughs> like... The absolute dumpster fire that he got thrown into with what that team had done and yeah. the, the scandal around it, that team probably needed a good kick up the arse. Yeah. Um, and mm. But does it still need a good kick up the arse? Um, probably not a kick up the arse, but, but a, uh, a push. You'll find like, that the, the, some of the best coaches in all sports are teams that uh, yeah. treat things a bit seriously. Hmm. Um, Greg Popovich from the NBA is widely regarded as one of the best coaches that has ever coached basketball. Very he, hard to deal with. <laughs> not hard to deal with, but he was a guy that would be hypercritical. Of, well, not hypercritical, but he'd be critical of everyone. If you were the best player in the team or the worst player in the team, he expected the same output out of you and didn't yeah. have any problems um, yeah. coaching yeah. and 
you know, sitting guys down and treating everyone the same way. And everyone mm. knew that walking in there. Yeah, you might get yelled at, but if you're the bench player who does something wrong, you're going to get yelled at. And if the star player that's earning yeah. tens of millions of dollars a year does something wrong, they're going to get yelled at too. Yeah. And and for the large portion of his career, like, well, the San Antonio Spurs, the team he coaches from when he started coaching in yeah. 1997 to when Tim Duncan retired in the late 2010 or mid-2010s, 2017-ish, yep. they were the most successful American pro sports team, not basketball team. Yeah. Out of hockey, okay. baseball, NFL, and basketball, they had the best winning percentage. So Even it, beyond the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked. And and a lot of coaches like that across the ways have, have been intense guys and gotten results. So um, I just have a feeling there may be this sort of attitude of um, Australian players don't like to be coached hard because you look at John Buchanan, coached the guys hard. Yeah. No one particularly liked him. We got results. Yeah. Um, Mickey Arthur, who's a guy that has gotten two nations to the number one tested team in the world, um, one nation to the ODI, best ODI team in the world, one yeah. nation to the best T20 nation in the world. So a highly decorated international coach yeah. can't cut it in Australia and gets dumped by the wayside because he doesn't do things the Aussie way. We then give the, the coaching to Darren Lehman, and within, what, four years? Australia is at a, treating. a darkest day in the history yeah. of its team. Yeah. And then we give it to Justin Langer, and Justin Langer drags us out of the doldrums, and then within four years now being yeah. chased out of time because he coaches too hard. Okay. I, so, yeah. I mean, I think the question now is um, which kind of, you know, fluffy personality coach are they they're going to go for? Well, Andrew McDonald, I believe, is going to be the interim head coach. Right. But, uh, yeah, I feel that doesn't so, matter what so we've level... So we've got batting at seven and bowling medium pace cupboard. <laughs> uh, we, we both know that just because your skill set as yeah. a player doesn't necessarily mean how effective you're going to be as a coach. I know, I know. He was a good player. He, he was. was a good player. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel for mine that uh, I, I don't know whether or not, you know, is... Is the story that Langer is a, Langer's approach is too unnecessary or is it that there's just a few too many precious people in amongst mm. that organisation? That um, yeah. And Langer's a guy that I feel is a pretty straight shooter and I feel that he didn't get on with administration figures as well as yeah. he probably should have in that time and how much of that is the administrator yeah. wanting a sort of a uh, yes isn't man? It, and, isn't it so typical? You know, you don't, you don't grease the wheels, you know. Obviously, maybe, all of this is maybe if he, he baked a few more cakes for the right people, or you know. Obviously, this is all conjecture. I have no evidence to back any of this up. <laughs> yeah, but what are we going to go? They, they but, haven't released anything. But um, it just it it just seems a really disingenuous way to get rid of a coach. That you know, so they've gone and given him feedback. Justin, yeah. you're you're too intense. The players don't like it. And yeah. Cummins himself said Langer has adjusted his coaching style in the last six to eight months. Yeah. And in that last six to eight months. The, the thing that makes the team bigger and better and evolves and ready to move on was winning the World Cup and winning yeah. the Ashes 4-0. We did that under his tenure. So maybe he just started getting it right. So He, he yeah, got the balance. So maybe he's hit this balance. Between the whip the, and the carrot. The, getting the yeah. best out of his players. And it's yeah. just um, and it just it just smacks to me that, yeah, they, they – and Tim Payne. Tim Payne is another guy that was really instrumental in rebuilding the Australian image after – the, the the previous board and the previous coach really messed it up. 
And both of them have been forced out of the side in just really ugly circumstances yeah, from I mean, a world point of view. I mean, he was very publicly uh, supporting Tim Payne um, through a tough time. Alanga didn't want him to step down. So I, yeah. and I do, can imagine... Do you think they took that personally, Cricket Australia, or as a, as a kind of... Uh, Fly in the face of their decision? No idea. I, I, mean, I, I think that might, that sort of says to me it's one of those other things that behind closed doors that Langer might be, you know, he's a guy that knows what he wants and how to do things. And if yeah. it's not quite the way that the administration want things done, he was a stick yeah. in the mud and um, yeah. made sure, like, and really made the administration work to get to where they needed to be. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Dizzy Gillespie get a crack. I really think Ponting should get a crack, to be fair. But um, well, you're going from one hot, hard-nosed person to the absolutely next, like, like Ricky's going to be more hard-nosed. Hard-nosed uh, works. Hard-nosed exactly. works. Like the best that we've had was John Buchanan, who was hard-nosed. I don't disagree with you, but if they sack Justin Langer on the basis of being too hard, then some I think these cricketers <laughs> who are earning very, very good money need to yeah. harden up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very unimpressed with that. Uh, and I just think the whole thing's got stink lines on it, and it's not a really great way to treat a guy who's been such a great servant for our country. But I'm going to read a quote from his statement that really resonated with me. I really uh, appreciated how uh, classy Langer was when he um, made his statement to the press. Um, and for the last four years, it has been proven that this can be achieved, and I'm very proud of the team for their efforts on and off the field. I hope we have made Australians proud and earned the respect from countries around the world. In terms of going out on a high, I am blessed to have been part of a T20 World Cup winning squad, an Ashes winning squad, and watched the team rise to number one ranked team in the world today, been selected as the Wisdom Coach of the Year, and been elevated uh, to the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame. All this in the last five months. I am grateful that today I am going out on a high. So he'd have to be bitter. Have yeah. to be bitter. But do, you, do you think they gave him the Hall of Fame thing to try and soften the blow? <laughs> like I I don't know. Like I, I don't I'm not gonna I don't have no evidence to <laughs> I mean, purely conjecture. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard uh-huh. to say that he hasn't earned it. Like no, he's been yeah, a, exactly. a fantastic player for Australia. He's gone on to be a, a fantastic, if not somewhat flawed coach. Mm. Um, but a coach that's willing to, as you know, he's not willing. He, he's not going to ask players to do what he wouldn't expect to do. He's asked the players to grow and mature and become better. Yeah. And upon receiving feedback that he's not coaching them in the best way, yeah. it appears that he's gone and gone away and reevaluated the best way to coach the side. And from even from coming from from Pat Cummins himself said, yes, he was too intense, but yes, he's eased off in the last. Six yeah. to eight months. So he's a guy that's looked like he's willing to play the game and do the right thing by the team to try and get the best. All he wants to do is for Australian to win, Australia to win cricket yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, so, yeah, I'm quite upset for how things have gone for Justin Langer and a guy that has taken on the job. Because could you imagine that? Honest to God, if you were, after you just watched the 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 events unfold of that series in South Africa... Would you be jumping on the phone to Cricket Australia going, I want a piece of that, let me coach? Yeah, exactly. Like, you no, want, you want to be the, yeah. the, the next guy. That's right. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be the next guy because <laughs> you want yeah. the guy to come in and try and fix it and then come off yeah. the back of that. You, you, you want to be Mark Taylor, not Alan Border. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Langer straight away put his hand up, went out there and 
said, made it his mission, you know, brought the whole document. I don't know if it was his idea, but, you know, facilitated this documentary to get behind the scenes and really go, like, when have you ever seen that? Like, there was a big effort put behind yeah. rebuilding the public image of the Australian side. And yeah. whether Langer was on board with it or it was his idea or whatever, he facilitated that and really set to work, not only trying to win cricket games and make Australia a better cricket team, but yeah. also rebuild the image of the team. Yeah. Uh, and it just seems a really unfair way for a guy that has amassed the resume that he's amassed in the last year yeah. to uh, to go out like that. And uh, and and good on him though for for choosing his own destiny and going. I'm not going to be your puppet coach to yeah because it's either going to be he's on a hiding to nothing. He either wins the World Cup and gets sacked, or he loses, loses the, World the World Cup and gets sacked. And and loses the World Cup gets looked as a failure because he's lost the World Cup on home soil. And get sacked. So, you know, he's just he's chosen his moment. He's doing things his way and he's gone, you know what? 4-0 Ashes, coach of the year, number one in the rankings, T20 World Cup, first ever one that we've won. Yeah. I'll take that and run. Thanks for playing. And I'm not going to pretend that you guys did me any favours. Yeah. Um, I think people were just reacting to uh, how he's been treated and, yeah, it's all kind of out there now. Showing Cricket Australia for what they, they have actually done. So, And uh, I do think the, the chorus of ex-players coming out and really having a go at Pat Cummins is a little misplaced. Like, Pat Cummins <laughs> is never going to be coming out and... Pat Cummins and, did not terminate his contract or, well, or you know... The thing is, if Pat Cummins doesn't like Justin Langer, yeah. he's not going to come out and say that. Because you don't air that in front of the media. You make those discussions privately with the board. If, Jeff, yeah. if Pat Cummins goes, I don't feel that Langer is the best person to have to be the coach, That's they don't want Cummins coming out and saying that because that's just torpedoing Langer. You have that conversation behind closed doors. We're not, yeah. we're not entitled to that yeah. information, but he should be having that frank discussion with those there. But by the same token as well, it's not his place to comment on, yeah. on the contract proceedings until they're done. Mm. Um, but since when did the captain of Australia out, outrank the coach? I mean, like it's not yeah, up to you, it's you, not up to Pat Cummins to decide it, who's the Michael best Clark coach. never commented on Mickey Arthur when he was sacked, and they yeah. brought in Darren Lehman. Yeah. Um, so I do think the the outrage, Warren and Mitchell Johnson particularly, were quite uh, disparaging of Cummins and. Um, and that, and I don't feel that Cummins was ever really in a position where he could be do anything other than what he did. And to his credit, as soon as he was able to, he's front of the media. How genuine his statement is, or how scripted it is, remains to be seen. But he's come out and he's in front of the media, and I've never yeah. seen the captain of Australia talk about the um, hirings of coaches before in my time. So yeah, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it must be hard for them on the outside looking in, seeing their mate getting yeah. framed as this angry monster when they've all known <laughs> Langer as this one thing. And yeah, and yeah, so it would be nice to have a little more transparency, but I don't feel that if you really, really think about it, that Cummins was ever really in a position where he could do that professionally. Yeah, I suppose without if because if he didn't back Langer, he's not going to come out and lie. Yeah, and if he. Well, that's that, that's how I knew, you know, before the fact that that he was in trouble, because 
Pat Cummins didn't come out and back him. He kind of just avoided the question, and I'm like, oh, he gone. Well, I did appreciate, and there's something I didn't expect was Usman Khawaja, because there's been this big thing coming up saying that um, Usman Khawaja and Justin Langer don't get on, which I don't believe is the case. But he was the guy, considering that sort of perception around their relationship was coming at going, I think it'd be a really good thing for, for Finchie or, or Camo to come out and actually yeah. answer some questions about this. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm warming up on Aussie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm getting to know him a bit better. <laughs> he looks like he's got a good cricketing head on him, like he's always yeah. had. I just, uh, yeah. He was always framed as being dealt with unfairly, yes. and it just resonates with me that um, the training session in the UAE where he was complaining about uh, getting out in the nets and it was too distracting for him, and yeah. Langer was just looking like, oh, my God, did I actually <laughs> – did, did I just hear that? Is, that? is that actually what you said? Yeah. Um, but no, so hopefully we can put this to bed. We'll go and get a coach and we can move on. Australia plays amazing cricket and, and does what Cummins thinks and the players what? are ready for a, a different hand, different method of handling. And What's and, Emilio Estevez doing these days? Oh, Gordon Bombay. Yeah. The miracle man. Teach them to fly. He'll just sack the whole team and, and um, pick some kind of weird district team from, <laughs> um, I don't know, Cootamundra. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, on that note, I think we uh, wrap it up there. So that's been a that's been our cricket wrap. Uh, we will, I think, we will have uh, some T twenties to talk about next week, and yeah. we all sorts of other good things. The Shield will be coming along nicely. Yep, all sorts of cricket goodness coming out your way. But until then, bye for now. Bye, guys. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network.